Super Nintendos, and welcome to episode 602 of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am your host, Seth Macy. Today I am joined by Herr Doctor, Herr Schneider. Oh, guten Tag. <laughs> Back by popular demand, Tom Marks. I do read the comments. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, bringing the mustache for Mario Day, it is Sam Claiborne. Oh, it is Mario Day. V oh, Gates, wow. everybody. V Gates. Oh. So let us get right into the subject that I'm sure Pear is most excited about. But first, do you like the Wii U? Do you hate the Wii U? Maybe you have no strong feelings one way or the other on the Wii U. But even so, if you're going to be at PAX East in Boston on April 21st at 1.30 p.m., come and watch a live Nintendo voice chat panel with me, Seth Macy, industry legend Cat Bailey, and other panelists in the Condor Theater at PAX East. We're going to be celebrating and championing the Nintendo Wii U on this the year of its 10th anniversary. Now, let's move on to the next segment. Pear, this one is specifically for you. Tomorrow, F-Zero X is coming to Nintendo Switch Online. That's March 11th. You need to have the, uh, the expansion pass, of course, because this is a Nintendo 64 game. Mm -hmm. This is the first time Nintendo mm -hmm. has acknowledged that F-Zero exists <laughs> since they put the one song in Wait, Mario Wait, did F-Zero always require a physical expansion pack in the Nintendo 64 as well? No, no, you could so. play without. But really? for the DD version, you do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, I have on the notes, so who here is excited and also named Pear? Yeah. Oh, hey, else? Nobody is it, else? Is it, no, I'm very excited. I haven't played this before. So. Is it 60 frames per second on the 64? It, unwaveringly so. Yeah, and that's like no its kidding. only thing, right? Because it doesn't have textures, so it needs to oh, have yeah. a good frame rate. <laughs> it, it has specular highlighting. <laughs> really? It, does, it, does, it has it has. So there's texture. ghosts everywhere. It has textures. It has spectral highlighting. Uh, look at it. <laughs> F Zero X is is a really it's it's a really unusual game in that Nintendo Nintendo started with a design principle and that's to say when you create a racer where it's all about speed it's got to run at sixty frames per second and then they work backwards from that and so the entire kind of design concept of the game followed that sort of like that you know, that approach and they said. It's the N64, so we used to do Mode 7 flat tracks. With the N64, the tracks have to be 3D. And man, are they 3D. I mean, it, it's it's hard to... Like, when you go back now, there really weren't games that did what F-Zero did, which was to have tubes that you can race on and half pipes you can race in. Like, they nobody had done that sort of stuff in poly was polygonal this, 3D. Was Wipeout the the Sony version of F-Zero? Is that, is that right? Is that the yeah. series... Yes, so Wipeout, kind of, yeah. Wipeout was inspired by the original F-Zero on the Super NES. Um, mm. And so, and, and then the paths kind of like diverged. Like Wipeout was based on F-Zero, uh, even the kind of recharging your shield stuff that, that um, Nintendo pioneered. Um, but then Wipeout went the weapons route. So you fire uh, weapons at your opponents. F-Zero okay. X followed the original game, but made it 3D with like crazier tracks and, and turns, right? Like right, okay. Wipeout didn't have, have like pipes and, and, and tunnels like that where you drive on the ceiling. It did have bank turns. Yes. Um, uh, so I, I think the, the two complement each other. Like, you know, same inspiration, but went in different paths. And when you're watching this footage, it's not running at 60 right now. But like when you see the game, it is... Uh, I hope the emulation is good. It it is very smooth and is not that pretty. Like <laughs> no, it's like, this was a big deal when it came out. People said, "Ugh, this doesn't mm -hmm. look as good as Mario Kart." And it's because you know Mario Kart they kind of 
they cheated and had little uh, uh you know pre-rendered characters and all of that and in this game everything is polygonal it's foggy there's not a lot of draw distance but it's blazingly fast i think it's look it's a very technical game it's great it does what it does really well um original version this is the japanese one i'm holding up Ooh. uh japanese box art's always so much better. so, so much, better, much right? better yeah they really go. kidified it for the united states for most box art and and yeah. notably is it is a it has a four-player split screen mode that runs at 60 so wow that is very very unusual and then the other unusual thing is of course it is one of the very few games that had a 64 dd expansion pack the other one was doshin the giant which was mm. horse crap was really bad <laughs> but mm-hmm. this is this is the best thing on 64 dd and hopefully someday we'll see a release of this expansion kit which has tracks and cars and new music and a track editor hopefully we'll see it someday the mm-hmm. best thing on 64 dd is like not the highest bar in the world to clear though is it <laughs> it isn't it's like it's a lot of bad games like i yeah. would honestly say anybody who wants to own a dd don't because the <laughs> because the experiences are fundamentally broken right Rantnet, the service that was supposed to tie it all together is offline you can no longer use it sim city the first 3d sim city game runs at like 10 frames per second which like, has street view bad. which yeah. is amazing it has street view like google maps does nowadays so really good ideas talent studio is fantastic as a kind of productivity app but you need the capture cartridge which has rca inputs which you don't have anymore to Mm. put your face into the game so it's it's just kind of a relic from the past but the ideas obviously persist in modern games now is it true that to to make f-zero they put cameras on rats and ran them through tunnels that is 100 not true no, that oh. was Sewer Shark. That was Sewer Shark. That's oh, right. That's right. Yeah. No, I was like, the music in F Zero X. You've got boost power. Yes, it's lots of uh, you know tinny guitars. Uh, one of the dirty secrets of the N sixty four is that it didn't have a sound chip, right? Mm-hmm. And so developers had to figure out how to program around that limitation to make music happen. Which means, you know, there's still MIDI music, but you had to you you basically there's no sound chip to help you. So any basically any voice you add takes away from the processing power. So games with great music need to have worse visuals. F-Zero cheats, and it actually has, um, I think it has mono, um, mono-digitized mono soundtracks. Um, like Shadow, Shadow of the Empire, remember that? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mono sound that loops. F-Zero, it doesn't loop as badly as, as uh, Shadows did, but um, it, 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 it's, it's, the music is not as great as other F-Zero games, mm-hmm. quality-wise. Yeah, until you got that red book on the on the CD version, the compositions are great as always, right? Like very, right. it's it's very '90s Sega Nintendo sounding. Well, Ooh, that slap so orchestra hits. Hmm? Yeah, yes, the orchestra hits were famous in the first one too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's that's the funny thing is because since Nintendo has done so little with F Zero in modern memory, right? Like they. <laughs> One of the most iconic things about that series now to me is its soundtrack through Super Smash Brothers, right? That's it, right? Like, it, oh. it's, the songs in the levels that it put into Smash Bros. were like mm-hmm. so iconic in those levels and made me mm-hmm. want to play those levels in Smash because they just haven't done a ton with the series in a while. <laughs> it is. And, and the, uh, the thing that 
it's easy to forget that even though you see the cars on screen most of the time, it has a fully fleshed out roster of characters that are actually pretty fun and memorable in their own right. And, you know, we haven't seen, you know, obviously lots of characters appear except for assist trophies and stuff in, in smash. And, and certainly, uh, we haven't seen them return in any other way, but Wii U Nintendo land, the worst game in Nintendo land was F zero based. God, yeah. that was a, it was an I insult. I don't even remember the... <laughs> what was it called? There, there was, was a, a F-Zero attraction. Right oh. Okay. No, I don't have and it. Never mind. don't even remember the, the F-Zero one in Nintendo Land. That's it how was, much it's, like, forgettable. If the core focus of F-Zero is to give you the sense of speed and that fear that your ship might explode, explode at any moment because of your bad energy management, Nintendo Land made F-Zero slow and boring. It was, it's just remark, remarkably bad. I'm sure somebody's going to get mad and say, say that was their fame. That was their fame. Yeah, I'm sure. Can at least further develop the important characters like Samurai Goro? No. Oh, but the sequel. So after F-Zero, Nintendo actually, uh, you know, gave up control over the franchise to for, for the uh, full-fledged console release to uh, uh, Amusement Vision, the Sega mm-hmm. studio. And he made F-Zero GX and AX. The AX is a car- arcade X yeah, and GX yeah, is, is GX is GameCube Cube X. Yes, this look how slow this is now. Now I remember this. We're watching yeah. Nintendo Land's F Zero attraction, which it's is great. It's great. I mean, it's an amusement park ride, so I guess mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's yeah. You can't kill people. Oh, it's no. so bad. It's so bad. There's look at know, those look at those edges of the track. They have something like that appears to be some sort of wall. F Zero would never have that. Well, obviously, you know that going over spikes with a hover car is just damaging as a heck. <laughs> yeah. Those were magnets, technically. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, I really like F-Zero. <laughs> I can still play it. I'm still very good at it. So I'm very excited because I've never played the N64 version. Yeah. Mm. It's 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 great. It's it's a little bit of a relic, but it's a it's a really competent, inc- well controlling game. And one thing mm. that um, that is really cool is that you know how you use the shoulder buttons in in many Nintendo racers yeah, to lean, like drift and stuff. Into it, in this yeah. one, if you hit L while turning left, you drift. If you uh, mm. if you you turn faster. If you hit L while turning right, you drift, and the car turns sideways. So it's very oh, very cool. Ooh, yeah, that's cool. Walking mm-hmm. there. Well, uh, I'm excited. I know that uh, one place for sure where Wipeout absolutely destroyed Zero was was yeah, well, because it had Firestarter by the Prodigy. <laughs> oh, it had licensed music. It had licensed well because it was that was the big thing at Propeller the time. Propeller everything. Yep. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. that was on you know PlayStation, they just threw a soundtrack. Like you can throw uh, like a PS1 game onto your CD player, and depending on what kind of CD yeah. player it is, you can just skip the first track and yeah. then just listen to all the music. I actually ripped. The uh, the twisted metal soundtrack to my computer, which wow. I don't know why I but, did that because I'm but, not listening to but it. But Wipeout Wipeout didn't just have Redbook Audio; it had a an, an amazing electronica soundtrack, and it actually popularized, yeah. uh, you know, British electronica over here. Yeah. Like people didn't know it before this game came out. This game really turned people into electronica fans, and then. You know, I don't know what you were going to say. The other thing it has, obviously, it's it's a way floatier game than F Zero. F Zero is yeah. much more much more precise. This is a skiddy kind of floaty racer, which I guess is appropriate for it. But it's it's weapons combat, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I prefer F Zero as a franchise more than Wipeout, mm-hmm. and Wipeout never really aged that well. The the later games, I completely forgettable. But 
to its credit, mm-hmm. when's the last time we saw F Zero? Was it? Yeah, that was Wipeout YouTube, exists right? at least, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a Wipeout uh, mobile game coming out. That's a. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not a racer at all. It's like an upgrade game, like where you click to upgrade things. One of the the clicky games. Um, oh. So yeah, Wipeout persists in in various ways. Obviously, comes back as collect collections and stuff. It is it is good to see Nintendo re-release it, but I'm, it feels a little box ticky that they're they're going through their top N sixty four games that they own to add totally. as value to this uh, to the to this offering. They did yeah. alf- they did add online play, so if you play four player split screen, the other players can now be <clears throat> online players, which is neat. Ooh. Still, you don't get full screen, but at least uh, you know not everybody. Yeah, there's like some fan F Zero type, not fan, but like some oh, F Zero yeah. legacy games now, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's uh, there are games that look like F Zero. You know, we have one mm-hmm. on, on Switch as well, um, and they will continue to exist. Um, but where's where's F Zero? Yeah, the final one was GameCube. <laughs> Yeah, the final one was GX and AX. No, actually, that's not true. There was uh, there were some G- GBA ones that they farmed out, like Maximum oh. Velocity. And oh my god, yeah, that's yeah. right. There was one last one that didn't even come out to the US that uh, debuted really? in Japan. But it was yeah, there there were basically iterations on the the same engine. Mm-hmm. And the GameCube mm-hmm. one was the one that you could take your memory card to like an arcade, right? Yeah, and, like, bring the save file oh, and plug right. it in somewhere else. Yeah, it was wasn't it the Triforce chipset, Sam, the arcade machine? Yeah. Yeah, I think Soul Calibur cabinets ran on that. Yeah, too. Wow. At the time, I, I can't remember. I might be mixing that up with Dreamcast hardware, but several mm. cabinets had GameCube hardware in them, and you know, I yeah. think that was a really neat thing that happened at the time. It was. I remember that one, and I remember the Pokemon Snap machine that you could plug your GameCube memory card into and then print your photos. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> thinking about that. That was so cool at the time, and then I have some of those pictures still, and they're like. He's big, like they're smaller than a quarter, right? They're tiny. It's it's wonderful. Nintendo has been chasing this kind of concept of taking something with you for so long, right? Like if you think about Amiibo, do yeah. that with your Smash Brothers data. Um, they did uh, obviously Street Pass, where mm-hmm. you know you take you take a device with you and you connect with others, and then uh, more in more modern times, you now have a wristband for the Nintendo Park, which also is an mm-hmm. Amiibo, right? Uh, right. Universal Studio. So. Uh, They've always done this, and like the bringing the bringing the memory cards to arcades thing was just such a cool idea. I wonder how many dozens of people did that, though. Definitely bigger in <laughs> Japan than here, right? Yeah, there's yeah. all there's a whole class of, of bug collecting games and stuff like that in Japan, which which utilize you know bring cards right. and stuff. That's right. I but was, like obviously, the right solution is your phone, right? Everybody's got yeah. a phone. Storing data on that would be much smarter. You know, was, Pinball just got that as an upgrade. Uh, the Stern uh, Insider Connected and then Scorebit for Jersey Jack m- machines. Like you can like scan a QR code on a camera and a pinball machine. It starts doing achievements and high scores and stuff. It's all brand new. It's on this new Godzilla machine that I'm doing video on. I don't know if I trust you on this pinball information. So. <laughs> <laughs> just talking out of his ear. <laughs> he's probably, right here he's probably, right here he's probably never played one uh for those listening there are lots of arcade machines behind sam's head mm-hmm. yeah sam actually lives That's inside true. of a pinball machine yeah. and sometimes uh, when he's at night he bounces around his house and it just makes a lot of noise ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that's right that's my persistent nightmare <laughs> i'm in well, the game <laughs> it's tron but is... boring oh wait no Tron's already boring. I think we just oh. I think we just spent more I have a time Tron machine right next to me. 
I think we spent more time talking about F-Zero today than Nintendo spent on developing any <laughs> software in the last 10 years around it. Yeah, or talking about sadly. F-Zero themselves. <laughs> yeah. The closest I, you can get is uh, using the Captain Falcon's car, right, in Mario Kart. I think it's a, it's one of the carts oh, yep. you can use. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can pretend. Yeah. No, that is true. That, like the Mario Kart, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart, I thought, did justice to it, and that was really nice to see. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's interesting. Homage. You think that there are like kids my age, my my kids' age who only know Captain Falcon from Smash? They yeah. only know him as Falcorn Punch. I, like that's they have Falcorn. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounds like he says, Falcorn Punch. So the, the last F Zero game was F Zero Climax. That was the last one. That was the only in Japan. Came out in two thousand four. So it's been oh or GBA. Yes, F-Zero Climax for GBA. I have it somewhere in the house. And then um, the the last one we got was GP Legend, F-Zero GP mm-hmm. Legend, which they're both made by yeah. Climax. They're, they're pretty decent, but they feel a lot like the Super NES. There it is. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's there's awesome nothing wrong GBA, with that. Actually. Yeah, yeah it's it really does. cool. No, they're good. You, they're, they're all good games. Nobody I recommend checking out the... Uh, Nintendo put out like uh, videos of the, the making of the soundtrack of Mario Kart and... You know, the arrangement for the F-Zero song is just fantastic. And you should absolutely just go check out those videos when you can. But yeah, F-Zero. Pair, should people play F-Zero tomorrow? Well, if you're subscribing to the N64 expansion yeah. pack, of course you got to play it. It's just don't 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 play it. Don't just play a couple of tracks and stop, but get to the the greater tracks like the pipes and half pipes and things. And it, it does get it does get more and more difficult. And there's something to racing in a pack. It has like 30 cars on screen at the same oh, time, cool. which is really cool. Yeah. Okay, this is completely random. Sam disappeared, but he'll be back later. But we're going to take this opportunity to talk about Triangle Strategy. Our review is live right now on the site. This is the Team Asano game that you know. It looks like a 16-bit game with isometric 3D graphics. Rowan Kaiser reviewed this for us. Previously reviewed Stellaris, which I love. Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous. A bunch of other like pretty meaty RPG, so I think this is a, a great choice of a reviewer. Rowan writes, once Triangle Strategy gets going, it's shockingly successful at telling a story based on real-world ideas like resource competition and the ambition of nobles. Those human stories manage to overcome even a massive wet blanket of a main character. <laughs> it allows for meaningful choices while also including a voting system for party members that can override your desires based on a groundwork you laid yourself in fascinating ways. Underlying all of that is its combat, which is simple, well-designed, and appropriately challenging in all the right ways. It may be quiet in its greatness, but that's still great. Rowan gave it an 8, which also is great. Pear, have you been playing Triangle Strategy? I know you like uh, the strategy RPGs. I I do, and I'm, you know, I'm a bigger fan of the kind of Fire Emblem Advance Wars ilk, the kind of more square-based than the isometric tactical RPGs. Like, Final Fantasy uh, Tactics are or um, Tactics Ogre. I like them, but I I always feel like they they are they're slow paced. So I have to take them in bits and pieces. Like I, I, Fire Emblem, I can play for hours um, to to the uh, to the point of falling over and and falling asleep while playing it because <laughs> I don't stop. But like with with the 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 isometric tactics games, because you have to position your characters, you have to you have to pick things deeper from menus, um, really kind of manage things more. And then you have to determine the direction your character face. It, it, it is a more, it is a more ponderous type of game. That said, mm. if, if this sounded negative, I actually really like it. I think, uh, I like this game. I love the, 
I love the 2D, 3D approach that they've done with this game in Octopath before, yeah. and I think it's just wonderful, and it's obviously going to be used for Live Alive. Um, the one issue I had with Octopath is back, and that is I feel like Square really needs an editor. Um, <laughs> and, and this is, no, this is a challenge with some games, it's still some JRPGs localized uh, into English, is that... When when you say something in Japanese, the text is more compact, and you can yeah. read things way faster. Um, and once you translate things to English, and you are not editing, and you're not fo- focusing on what's important, things can get very chatty with like back and forth that really doesn't enrich the characters or add more story. And that this game is like many is still guilty of that. And so you have to have a lot of patience. You know, you could say, well, you can skip convos. You, you have voice narration, obviously, and you can, you can do the old skipperoo where you can read faster than they speak and all of that. So, so it's not a huge issue, but you have to be patient. It is a little bit like the plot from Star Wars, you know, episode one, where it's about trade and the relationships between different factions. And it takes a long time to get going, but it is... It is a great game. It's wonderful. The character development is awesome. I love the choices that, you know, you, you saw this flash on the screen where you pick different answers uh, and that actually impacts um, the, the story as a whole. Uh, Strengthens your resolve. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a little bit up its own butt when when it comes to just like, it's, it's, it's this really kind of formal fantasy world and like not everything translates gracefully from Japanese to English, but I like it. I think it's really fun. Yeah. Tom, have you uh, delved into this at all? I haven't played more than that demo they did a little while back. I, I mm-hmm. did read Rowan's review, though, and I, I think it's interesting, right? The the idea that this game isn't doing... I think the way Rowan put it is that it doesn't... The combat itself doesn't have, like, a hook of its own, right? Like, it's not doing something that is, like, different or super special or unique with its combat, but the combat itself is just like really, really well tuned and yeah. really fun on its own. So it makes up for that sort of like lack of some sort of twist with just yeah. like being real good, which is something I appreciate. <laughs> That's a funny thing. Like I, I, I was playing and I was thinking, why didn't they just make this a Final Fantasy Tactics game? Mm. Yeah. Right. Because yes, the the game systems are really well established. Um, you know, like when you're attacking from higher ground, you cause more damage, right? Like, so territory matters. Uh, if you attack somebody from the back, you can get a critical. If you attack from the side, it's more powerful than from the front, all of that stuff. Or certain attacks hit two characters in a row. All established concepts. Um, and I just feel like Triangle Strategy is a an actively terrible name for a video game, right? Like, Bad. I think we well, all is, agree. It's like This is the second time they did this, right? Where they said Project yeah. Octopath Traveler, and then they just it, dropped the project. And then they and, did yeah. Project Triangle Strategy, and then they dropped the project. That's like, and Tom, you actually it, name your games. <laughs> Tom, it, it won't be the last time this happens too, right? Like, it's when it is a very, it's a Japanese-directed series, and like, Foreign words can sound cool in Japanese when the meaning isn't as clear, right? And like vice versa, right. you can pick a Japanese word for like toilet brush and it'll sound awesome, right? Like if if you uh, or get the tattoo of a- or get the tattoo of it, right? So we will always have that issue, and like Square will continue to struggle with that. And somebody just eventually just needs to say there are more exciting well, things than triangle and strategy. Is there but a does, triangle system to it? That's what I was just about to ask. Is Does it tie in? Because 
at yes. least with Octopath, okay. they that's the the first initials of every it's, character's name. Remember, it's also. three kingdoms too. Like so. Uh, okay. You know, okay. I think I get, yeah, it gets a little bit of that. Weapons triangles and all of that. You've got the three kingdoms set up. So is but there okay. is a weapons triangle to it also. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of triangles. <laughs> There's, this is the thing. I would call, say if you call a tactics game triangle strategy, I'm going to assume your combat system is fire emblem. If right? you are a fan of triangles and of strategies, Ooh. this game is for you. Oh, okay. Fans of the fans triangle of genre the triangle rejoice. Genre. Yeah. <laughs> I I've started playing it. I will say it looks on the OLED, it looks so wonderful and I just love like um like the it's so dumb. I I go bananas for miniatures i love yeah. anything that's miniaturized and so the little candelabras that are set on the table with the little <laughs> you know plates of food is just it's so so appealing to me it's really, and yeah I, I i for me personally i wish this game came out either like a month ago or a month from now because <laughs> i just have i mean it's not like anything you know that they could choose but it's just i've been so busy i haven't give, been able to give this the, the opportunity that i want to give it and unfortunately i'm at the part now that most people bounce off of like it's just just talking i want to just fight people it yeah do you, and if if you don't care that much about the story you can definitely blaze through some of the formalities well, yeah. between the characters right like it's not a game that forces you to listen no. to everything well you can it go faster <laughs> It it kind you, of you, does you, a lot of talk. I mean, I would argue you don't want to lose well, the story because it does get better. And um, yeah, no, I'm fine with. I'm well. That's, absolutely, like that's the ultimate catch twenty two of games like this, right? Is you can just skip the stuff, but then it gets better later, and then you don't know mm -hmm. what's going. on. And then on. you're like, oh no, yeah. or they reference something like right. a character that you're like, oh no, I should have been paying if, attention. If Fire Emblem, if Fire Emblem Awakening made like introduced new players to strategy rpgs right like it was a in in that it had really tight core gameplay and then it had all these kind of like the the systems around it and the character building and relationships right it turned it basically attracted core role-playing fans to a strategy rpg yeah um genre i don't think triangle strategy will convert anyone I think maybe no. some people who haven't played a strategy RPG, like an isometric um, strategy game like this before, will find it really appealing. But like, if you've played Tactics Ogre or Final Fantasy and, uh, Tactics and you didn't like it, you're not going to like this. Yeah, that's kind of where my, I've never had an SRPG that like really grabbed me. But that being said, I'm going to try to persevere with this because while it is a lot of talking, I also found it sort of relaxing. And maybe my one big complaint is that I'm currently reading the Dune series. So I already have like empire intrigue and political, you know, backstabbing and things of that nature. And then I'm, so maybe it, it's not quite as, uh, as appealing to me since I am Got reading you know, yeah. these big books. However, I love the graphics and I, 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 everything about strategy RPGs should appeal to me and they just never do. And I don't understand why. My biggest problem that I have with games is when I'm in a battle, a strategy RPG, and one of my character dies, I just don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I feel like I've failed completely. And well, in my second battle in this one, everybody but one character was knocked out of the fight, and it didn't make me feel like I had, it was a complete failure. So, well, you, could, 
you could switch it to easy too. That's oh, it even has ah. a very easy mode, right? For people who just want story. Um, so if you if if you're worried about you know the learning curve, you can definitely play this on easy without penalty. Well, it's not the learning curve. I just I get frustrated when I lose a character. I want to move forward. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up only playing turn-based RPGs. I did not know that strategy RPGs existed at all until. Mm-hmm. God, I don't even know into my adulthood. So it was like, it, I think it's just a matter of me adjusting my expectations. Yeah, it's an ex- look, it's the, the strategy RPGs that we have today. And obviously the others like front mission and all this stuff, like they're, they're an evolution of a board game genre. They, back when I was a kid, there was this genre of war board games. Uh, you know, they, they were um, uh, hexagon, hex based games yeah. where you had to move troops and tanks and everything. And it was, you were calculating, you know, what position you attack from, like, that was a really popular genre, and this is this is the kind of step up and the evolution that makes things easier, but still has that same sort of very deliberate pacing of moving the units. So you, you just yeah. gotta love this type of game, and um, I will say it's a these games are perfect for travel. Like when you're taking a, a trip, like you're flying or train, whatever you do, or bus, you can you can get a mission in on every leg of the journey, yeah. and and like I think these games work really well. I think if I weren't reading Children of Dune right now, I would be playing this game before bed because this feels like the kind of thing I just want to grab my Switch, you know, lay in bed, play a mission and fall asleep with it turned on and run the battery out and lose all my progress. I'm super I'm super busy with with another RPG right now, a carpg uh, Yeah, Gran Turismo just is taking oh. all my time. Um, and it's paced like an RPG, like very kind of slow progression into higher classes. And like, you know, you have to work, work hard to make your money in that game. And it's just, it's a very addictive um, gameplay setup for Gran Turismo. But I'm uh, about to jump on a plane and go to LA for a week. I'm going to be in our LA office. And so I should get more time with, uh, with the old triangle path traveler. <laughs> Well, hopefully you don't have any switch troubles like I've had the last two times that I went out. Oh, oh God, I, I got to check everything, make sure. Seth, yeah. bring, I bring the right one. <laughs> Here's Seth, have you played Into the Breach? Uh, yeah, I love Into the Breach. Okay, because I was going to recommend fantastic. that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that game. I mean, I loved FTL, by the, who also made Into the Breach. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's Subset fast. Games, yeah. That's a yeah. fast Subset, that, well, game. That's what I was going to yeah. say about Into the Breach is like, if you it takes away a little bit of that like moment to moment concern of like, Oh, I lost one of my troops. Cause you only have three troops and yeah. the, each fight is only five turns, right. At the most basically. And so it's, it's tactics in a bite-sized form in a way that I really, really love and find satisfying. Very, very yeah. different feeling and pace to something like triangle strategy. But if you, it, it was one I was going to recommend as like a, if you, if the genre appeals to you, but you keep bouncing off of big things, this is kind of a, a I think, an in-between in a way. No, yeah, that's, a, think, that's a good, really good recommendation. I'll say Advance Wars is uh, yeah, obviously Wars, delayed, but that that's going to be the entry-level strategy game for everybody. Very, sure. Very light on RPG elements, but heavy on the kind of faster-paced strategy stuff. Yeah, I'm going to stick with triangle strategy because as much as i love into the breach i bounced off that when i first bought it i bought it mm. on steam like on a maybe like a humble bundle sale i was like yeah, i don't know if this mm. is for me and then one day it just clicked and i think i spent like the entirety of a saturday yeah. <laughs> playing into the breach but yeah 
Triangle Strategy, I know people have been like anxious to hear what we thought of it. And I know they're going to be disappointed that I haven't put 60 hours into it. And I'm very sorry. But the review is very good. You absolutely should check it out. That is a, a by Rowan Kaiser. And I really love that we gave Rowan time to play through the game and didn't, you know, I, I think that it didn't, you know, force a review out by embargo. So I really like that. Yeah, the, the turnaround for that one was quick. Uh, yeah. was otherwise quick we didn't get much time yeah. with the game before the review embargo yeah yeah Excellent. always always better to be right than to be fast all right we're going to talk about teenage mutant ninja turtles cowabunga collection which was announced yesterday during sony's state of play but we all knew we all knew it was coming to everything and it is it's coming to playstation 4 5 <laughs> xbox one series x series s nintendo switch and steam uh this was something that I saw Konami's name attached to. It was a collection. I thought, oh, I bet M2. Because M2 did the uh, the Castlevania collection. They did the, the Contra Anniversary collection. And they did a fantastic job. It's actually Digital Eclipse. Also nice. Good. Also good news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they do th- great, like, extras with their collections. Yes. I'm very, very excited for that. Digital Eclipse are hardcore arcade fans and really stickler for great emulation and great adaptation. So... Oh, that's great. Yes. Yeah. They have a great arcade at their studio. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, it's incredible. As long as, long as this collection has the uh the the uh, CRT filter that uh, I can't remember. Oh, the M2 used in the Sega Ages Fantasy Star collection that actually like curves it bit the corners the of the screen. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> please add that to every retro game cuz it's yeah. so good. No scan lines don't do it just. Make that little that warping. But anyway, uh these this 13 classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. Uh, you get both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Turtles in Time from the arcade. Mm-hmm. You get the brutally difficult original NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, which is unlike any of the others uh, on this list. You get the uh, arcade game for the NES, Manhattan Project for the NES, which is also super good, Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo, which is maybe one of the greatest Super Nintendo games of all time that Tom <laughs> is holding up his original uh version of oh yeah you, my childhood uh, copy right here i played that's that one so good that's my one contribution to this convoy is like that <laughs> one i played and i played whatever arcade game was popular in the early 90s the thing i don't remember really, the thing that's really funny that's just tmnt the arcade game okay the thing that's really funny to me about this cartridge is that super nintendo games have the title on the top of them right in a line mm-hmm. uh, and this one just says turtles four Oh yeah. Like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. say the name, it just says Turtles 4. And That's there's great. like really long titles on these. It's not yeah. like they have were space limited. Is the <laughs> third one is it the is it called Manhattan Project? Yeah, it's, that's that's three, yeah. The sure. NES that one's also very good. Is that not in this collection? No, it is. The, okay. the so all the, the NES Manhattan games are Project. in it then. All the all, every NES game, mm-hmm. uh, Fall of Foot Clan, and Back from the Sewers on Game Boy. Oh, and Radical Rescue. Excuse me, I didn't know that there were three. And uh, Tournament Fighters uh, for NES, SNES, and Genesis, as well as the Hyperstone Heist for Genesis. But uh, this, I, I picked this topic because the question block uh, call out on Facebook was primarily dominated by people asking questions about ninja turtles mm. so and like you know this just is all anybody talked about from the sony state of play it was this multi-platform collection of games that are like 30 years old but i don't know about the rest of you but i am extremely excited i don't know if you can tell i'm giddy 
to play these games. I'm actually going to beat the original NES Ninja Turtles for with the save first states. Time. I I guess I am gonna rewind yeah, it. I don't because you can inch along and not lose any life. That's like that's if that's fine. That's that's like Zelda too. Like if you play that game with save states, oh. that game is totally playable. By the way, I'm not saying not sliding Zelda too. But if you play it with save states, it's now it's really fun to play through it as like a different way yeah. of playing that game. Yeah, it's uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is probably most famous for the dam level, where yeah. which is a dam level. Well, so that, that's so that level. So that level is it, 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 first of all, that Turtles game for NES. That's the only one of I'm not going to say the only one. It's it's a because there's tournament fighters, which is different. But a lot of these games are brawlers. Right. But the NES yep. game is not. It's it's a it's kind of a it's a half side scroller, half top down, almost Zelda inspired Turtles adventure game. And so you have these great combat segments where see a pair where you where you uh, walk uh, sideways in sewers and, and beat up stuff and you can choose a turtle and some of the turtles are so ineffective. Yes, <laughs> they're so bad that you can only use Donatello. So the point of this game is to keep Donatello alive the entire yes. game. Because I believe it's Pause. permadeath. Is that right? You this is what happens when you, your turtles die. You have one chance to go out of your way to rescue them in a warehouse that is extremely oh, that's impossible. That's right, the rescue. You'll probably yeah. lose whatever the turtles are alive. really hard, by the way. Yeah, this the original game is just so hard, but I loved it so much. I got it for Christmas, like the year we got our, our Nintendo, our so can, NES. Can you guys tell these apart? I mean, are they are they distinct? Like, honestly, it's the, the yeah, turtles this, this game is a distinct game. And I, and I wanted to get at that the, 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 the damn level changes things up. So you're swimming and you're diffusing these bombs in a maze. And it's mm. a really tense, timed, horrible level that is actually much better than the later levels, which are impossible. I think like after you get on top of the dam and then you get back in the city, then it gets confusing about where to go. Everywhere inside is like these like flickering. This is the level. These oh, flickering. God, I hate garbage. It. Ah. You can get through this one. But the, the after <laughs> and this. I did. Yeah, I know. And after this, like there's these like flickering, flying garbage enemies in every sewer. It's just so horrible, horrible and difficult. <laughs> kind of like late game Ninja Gaiden, right? Like that game just gets like, oh, yeah, it just goes off the edge for difficulty. But I like the creativity of this game. And then uh, there's some other significant things about it. Like this was published by Ultra which is a yep. company that Konami made up to publish more than five games a year that was at the limit. There's like a limit on games that, that each company could could make for Nintendo because yes. they wanted to avoid shovelware. So right. then Nintendo Konami's like, well, that one. They identified that as a problem that contributed to the video game crash of the 80s. Was yeah. that there was just so much garbage being put out on the Atari and the ColecoVision. Intel. So they made that, that rule that you could only publish. And so... Konami set up this like sh offshore Ooh. shell corporation called Ultra, and I think Capcom had one too, but I might be like misremembering. Somebody that. else had anyway. one, like Bandai or somebody too. I know there weren't the only company that did. Ben Presto, Bandai had Ben Presto. <laughs> yeah. Well, shell corporations to make turtle games seems appropriate at least. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. That's so uh, amazing. I have to wonder. This game is so like weird. If it were developed as something else, and then Konami got the Ninja Turtle license yeah. and sort of made it into. I that. don't know if that's the case. I mean, it may be of like it's hard to tell because it's not like any other Konami game really, and like it is. 
I don't know. I, I I think that this is like a straight up like a make a license game as fast as possible because it has the four player selection and everything. It could be though. Well, maybe they'll we'll find out stuff like that in this collection because oh, Digital Eclipse true. does this type of digging. They do yeah. great documentation. They'll have original flyers, advertisements, things like that scanned in, and that's that's really great about them. I, I have a question for Tom and Seth. What is up yeah. with Turtles in Time? Like by that point, I was definitely my friends were not making me play turtles games all the time and brawling so like i don't i just like i had no interest in playing what i called turtles Turtles for yeah turtles in time is amazing (laughs) but in what way because like the arcade game isn't amazing it's like it takes a ten dollars to beat and then you're done with it so (sighs) when did turtles in time come out because this is going to be a big factor in this i think i want to say it came out like 92 or 93 yeah okay so just to give you context okay it came out in march 1991 I was one month old. (laughs) So part of the context is that of the 13 games on this list, it is the one I have played (laughs) primarily and one of the only ones I've played, frankly. And I think it was just it was the Super Nintendo side scrolling Turtles game. Right. And so I think if you look at this list. It is the only one on this list that was the Super Nintendo Turtles game. And so the generation that grew up with that console, this is that game. Like, this Mm. is the game that people remember it for. And so it was just, like, super fun. It was co-op. The music and the sound effects in it were, like, iconic. Like, there are sound effects in that game that I will, like, remember on my deathbed, like, because they're bored into my brain. And it was just really cool. And like the graphics, like your people who are watching right now, like, you know, might not look like the most amazing graphics in the world, but there was they really cool were, effects though. in it. There was oh, really the, cool. The enemy. mode seven effect. Yeah. You throw an enemy and they hit the, the screen and yeah, bounce the off throw, of it. The throwing the enemy to the screen was like so cool when you found yeah. out you could do that. Right. Like it was yep. just a really, really memorable game for yep. that generation, I think. And I, this is a game that I would, I, I borrowed it from my friend, and I, he just never asked for it back for like. Two wow, years. you were that guy. Oh <laughs> that is so unacceptable. Well, I don't, I don't even care. It was also I got to play Turtles in Time. It was also a really cool game stylistically because you play, you're playing through this game, and for the first bit of it, you know, you're just going through New York and fighting normal people, yeah. and then the, the big apple of time travel comes in and suddenly you're going to the stone age and you're going yeah. to all these different mm. west west pirate ships so it, it was yeah. just a really visually varied thing too it, it just was super impressive at the time like to childhood me at least yeah. well and don't forget uh you go to space where no turtle has gone before because mm. they didn't have enough room to do the entire audio sample so it just it's just turtle before but really yeah, this game say, this game is super fun it's like it's one of those games uh actually one of the question block questions was like what's your comfort food game and this mm-hmm. was one of them yeah. i would just pop this in and i would just play through it from beginning to end you know i think it takes like maybe for maybe 45 minutes or you like you and your brother or you and your friend could team up and play and it's just super hmm. fun and it looked amazing and i know jared talked about this once and he and i shared the same thing that i didn't know yeah when i was a kid i just assumed that video games were eventually going to look like cartoons Mm. and this was the closest realization of that sort Mm. of dream that had come along at that point and this is a you know an early super nes game and it's it was awesome it's one of the best and And i I have you played the arcade version of it you mean 
the arcade. Oh, it's in, it's right in the there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. it's it must be even it must be even more impressive, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's to be fair though. Because I've I mean, only yeah, played the, the, just the classic TMNT arcade machine. I think we that's we have that at the arcade. I think that's what's running right now. But um, yeah. to be fair, like yeah, the arcade one is more impressive, but the mm. the the Super NES one was so good and so close to the arcade mm. uh version that it was is just mind-blowing and i absolutely absolutely love this game and yes tons of orchestra hits mm. like just everywhere right. in the soundtrack so, so is that one the best yeah that's the best hands down yeah okay so no, yeah, good I, absolutely. I, play, I, I played the best i'm done <laughs> perfect the, the arcade game is great i played that too. yeah the i mean like um yeah the arcade the even the nes version of uh tnmt2 i think it's worth playing for the pizza hut branding well i'm pretty sure that we're not going to have pizza hut branding because pizza hut as i believe it came with a coupon for a pizza hut personal pan pizza (laughs) that is actually true Mm -hmm. that was something that you could have and they will not redeem that i have i have the um Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom likes the conversation. I'm just gonna let them have. I, uh, I have, um, I have a, a TMNT game that's not in this collection, which is, is that the DOS uh, game. No, I, we can talk about that. I, uh, <laughs> but I have the Play Choice version of it, which is really oh. cool because it's it's just the NES version, but it has like a you know a special title card for it. But it has like a custom like little marquee and stuff in the Play Choice machine I have right over here. Um and uh, I really like uh what I like about the NES game is that I think the music is better on it. And it's really good music. Like super yeah. cool mm. orchestrated um uh, they use um synthesized you know Konami was top of their game for music. Capcom and Konami at the time oh, yeah. were just uh, just incredible. And the sounds they use in that game have these kind of echo effects and delays and it's just it's so cool. And when I hear the arcade version it actually sounds like a fake version of the NES version to me. I'm so used <laughs> to the NES version. It's great. Teenage yeah. Ninja Turtles 2 is one of those things that's like it's exciting because this is a it's a for lack of a better term, brand or whatever that has transcended its roots in terms of generations. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of kids and now not so young kids, right? Who grew up with TMNT as like mm-hmm. the new generation of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that it is still an exciting thing. So this collection is cool to bring that piece of history. And it's, I think, you know, the if it's any indication, like Shredder's Revenge, the new game they're making is so cute. Oh, seems to be so born out of a love for exactly yeah. what this collection contains mm-hmm. and so like i i'm i'm excited this exists i i really am i'm curious about the yeah. game boy games i've yeah. never i never played any of those and i'm so curious somebody about on them. twitter was saying like one of them is like a legitimately a very good game but i remember mm. my friend had the first one and the really the only thing was that that just the sprites were so huge yeah. it was like yeah really amazing but it's like once they move yeah, like that was so incredible that if you're watching the video that was just amazing but the the screen blur on the game boy it just made it completely impossible yeah. you couldn't actually play this game this is great but, uh look they're supposed to be driving in the scene and and the way they're indicating that is with that i guess highway wall yeah, that's going by in the background <laughs> the guardrail going by you're outside mm-hmm. of manhattan you know, the same building every uh such action that's clever. Um, this reminds me a sad. lot of the, the Castlevania uh, Game Boy games, which I've disparaged a lot. And people always like come at me for the, uh, disparaging the second one along with the first because it's supposedly better. But I still think it's it's just slow like this. It just doesn't feel like yeah. Castlevania to me. Well, 
I mean, it's you're programming for a, a device that used a, a microchip that was invented or excuse me, first produced in like 1972. Well, tell that to <laughs> Pokemon Red and Blue, right? Well, okay, that is also true. Very different games, however. Those are those what are about different. Zelda? All right, those work well. <laughs> This conversation mm-hmm. is over. I can't defend myself <laughs> any longer. So, yeah, I uh, I forgot to uh, look at the release date, but I know that this is coming out this year. Oh, yeah. it's, like I said, it's coming out to every platform. I'm definitely going to get this on Switch. I already have the other two collections, or I have several of the collection. Um, yeah, really looking forward to see what Digital <laughs> Eclipse packs in here. And uh, I can tell Pear is just on the edge of his seat. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it's it's weird because I have such a blind spot for this, uh, not just for the games, but for the TMNT brand. Because I, did, I didn't oh, grow so up in the US, right? And and maybe there, there are folks in Germany who know it, but like it just wasn't a big thing. That wasn't. I, I just want to point out that like I missed tune, TMNT yeah. also. I, I had no oh, okay. interest in TMNT. Um, I thought it was for little kids when I was a kid, yeah. and I was a snob about it. So I like deliberately avoided games unless i was at a friend's house and was forced to play them um but i that played them so much through that like i know yeah. these games so well because of that <laughs> the, the way, I, the way I, I discovered it was you know during my college days in in tokyo we'd go to arcades all the time mm-hmm. like after we go to the movies we'd always stop at an arcade after we go to a bar we'd go to an arcade and uh we really got into the final fight and games like tmnt because of the co-op gameplay and, yeah yeah, I, th- yeah that's true too just like walking up to um, x-men or uh you know i have a lot of memories of simpsons, simpsons. stuff like yeah. that where it's just like mm-hmm. oh those were the things that were in movie theaters when i was you know eight or nine or ten yeah Golden I, uh, that game blew my mind yeah I, I was a child who grew up on and enjoyed any kind of anthropomorphized <laughs> animal team so <laughs> teenage Mutant turtles i was into biker mice from mars i was yeah. super into mm. oh man street sharks street, street, yeah. street sharks all that stuff was like i ate it all up so yeah i i i enjoyed that at the time i didn't i haven't watched any of the more recent cartoons or anything but what about battle toads battle toads yeah nah, battle toads i can't believe nickelodeon yeah. owns tmnt that every time i see that nickelodeon yeah. logo on there i'm like this is the weirdest thing that they, that that was acquired by nickelodeon it's very yeah, that's why they're in that nickelodeon brawl game yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. see sam i'm the kind of the opposite of you i was arguably too old to be into ninja turtles i was in like seventh grade and all the other kids made yeah. fun of me because everybody like all the fifth graders were just bananas for Ninja mm. Turtles. It's like all mm. they talked about. And then I was in seventh grade, you know, two years older. Holy cow. And I wasn't supposed to be in it, but I'm drawing pictures of Ninja Turtles. In well, but Seth, remember and- that there was also the cool older kid version of Ninja Turtles where they're like, I just like the comics. Well, I did. I didn't know about those comics until you're not supposed you know, to say much- that. I love how we're seeing Bucky O'Hare right now. This is just the best day. Ever. <laughs> Red Red just has like every video game ever at, at his finger. He's got the world's biggest Elgato Steam Deck, and it has every game on it. He just hits a button. But yeah, no, I mean, I was obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I used to get um, detention a lot because I just didn't do homework. And it, I, when the show came all on, this syndication, I know this is all like completely on um, on brand for me. But I made slightly more effort to not get detention so that i wouldn't miss the first five minutes of ninja turtles when i walked home from school or what actually happened was i just got used to the idea that i was gonna miss which, the first five minutes of which it. one were you in the uh, detention hall were you the jock 
the princess. No, 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 no their, their names are Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I was the the only kid who wore corduroys. Oh no! So yeah, like like overalls. No, 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 like corduroy pants, and like, I didn't know that gosh, that was the thing. Gosh, big boy overalls. So, so no, they be- were just corduroy slacks that my mom bought me, and so- I didn't know until this other kid was talking about how if his mom bought him corduroys, he would tell her to shove it. So yeah. and so I would walk to school. Voop, voop. So yeah, kids, the kids <laughs> would be waiting in the halls, and you just hear voop, 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 yep, that success. was me in my corduroys, or as they say in Maine, corduroys. Oh. Seth, now yeah. somebody brought this up in our Slack conversation about turtles, and you should address it. What's up with the DOS turtles game? The DOS Turtles game is, uh, I was actually unaware of it until yesterday, but it has an impossible jump in it. It's a port of the NES game. Yes, and it cannot be completed. Hmm. There's just a a glitch in it (laughs) that, of course, you know, at the time. Canadian developer. (laughs) I did. That was their revenge. Whoa, is this it? Yeah, look at this. Oh, it looks super bad. It has an adorable derpy walk. Oh, isn't that great? it the, the the character model looks like oh, i wish i could call out the youtube person that made this because i can't see who did it but uh, uh it's a really great video that you should check out about the impossible jump because it this this guy actually goes into the game code and, and position moves the turtle past the oh. impossible jump to see what's past <laughs> there and i won't spoil it for you it's another oh, impossible this- jump Oh, really wow yeah. that's bad but, but you can beat this game because it's shipped with cheat codes built in including one that allows you to kind of just walk over parts of the level because remember on the oh. top world you can like there's a top down part you can walk around so you can just skip this yeah but like you can't beat it without that i think is this, this is a cheat code that's happening right now because you normally can't do that oh, okay is this uh is it behind the code is that the name of the, the youtube channel i'm not that, sure uh, i think it's oh. just, i don't know but maybe Red there's a great I, real quick there's a great youtube channel behind the code thank you oh okay this place gamers that's it and his the series is behind the code and he just goes in and he'll like mess with like the physics (laughs) like the gravity physics on ninja gaiden Mm -hmm. and so you can jump like through the the level like 50 times it's it's really cool shout out though that that video especially i've seen some of the others but yeah that that is really really good and worth checking out with this yeah in this turtles moment that we're in right now if you have any interest in old retro games and coding or if you just like uh 6802 assembly language which i the guy who used to wear corduroy pants to school actually find very interesting. So if you know that language, you can program Atari games. You can program almost anything. If you washing machines. Yeah. Yeah. Get over like there's a stigma against corduroy pants that I don't know about. In 1989. Yeah, there was only jeans and hammer pants were cool. That's 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 exactly true. That's the context I I was missing. Everyone was wearing jeans and and jeans were all you had. (laughs) And I never knew until like one of the most popular dudes was talking about how much he hated them. And he was Seth, I I grew up in, in Arizona where it was hot all the time. And so we only wore neon shorts. So I That's... I was never aware of the condemnation of corduroys. Now corduroy shorts that would have been unforgivable, and I think uh, only Mickey Mouse probably wears those. Did they bully you, Seth? Did they go like run, Seth, run, and you like? Yeah. <laughs> I hear him. 
He's nearby. It's true. <laughs> I could never sneak up on anybody. I could never sneak out. I think corduroys became cool in like 93, 94 as, yeah. as like a slacker, uh, po- you know, post flannel era uh, type thing. Oh, I absolutely in like the 90s uh, had corduroys again, just as like a sign of rebellion. But they were like baggy, gross, you know, like hacky sack. Yeah. yeah corduroys. Okay. That's right. They, uh, there was vans created corduroys in the <laughs> skating era of the yeah. 90s. I, I I've learned so much today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, let's let's bring them back. What? Bring back corduroys? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I don't think that would be hard to do. Okay. Does that Big mean baggy that... pants are coming back? Well, I, I mean, I only overalls. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles outlasted corduroys. Is that what we're figuring out here? Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles outlasted corduroys, and then outlasted corduroys coming back. Yeah. And so basically, with the introduction of this game. Put your corduroys on, folks. It's time to go. We're bringing it back. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. All right. Enough pants chat. Mm-hmm. We're going to move right on to NPC Nintendo pants chat. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, that is that's a new thing now. That's a that's our new shirt. People have been. Yeah, wanting like, I want to point shirt. out that people are going to be laughing so hard in Europe because pants there means ladies underpants. Mm. Oh, they say Underwear. trousers. That's right. Oh, well, uh, I forget. Oh, I see. I thought you had corduroy underwear. <laughs> that explains everything now. Okay, it's yeah. Not How did the kids even know, Seth? Yeah, that's what they're thinking in the UK right now. Just that the sound. That would be very uncomfortable. Or extremely comfortable. Sorry, Seth. Keep going. I don't even remember. I'm just remembering like how much I actually liked the feeling of the corduroys and how. Devastated. They just had it. They have a nice tactile feel to them, and I would rub my finger on it when I was in school. Just go. Veep, veep, right. veep, veep. We'll, we'll check in on the next NPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about what we've been wearing. Oh wait, no, what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, I started Triangle Strategy, and like I said earlier, I picked a bad time. But that's the only game that I've really been playing on a Nintendo platform. I do have Infernax though, and I'm very excited to start that because cool. i know like brian has talked about how awesome mm-hmm. it is and so i'm looking into that but uh sam have you been playing any nintendo games um i can't talk about what i've been playing Ooh, so, put that one on your bingo card folks yeah yeah so um let me just throw out there that uh oh, come back to me come back to me i i played okay, okay. i played well here's what i did because I, I would i wanted to just look up the name of the game that it was really bad but i know pear can come up with it i played uh every new eShop game um, and I played a, a, a what are they, well, not eShop, what are they called? Nintendo Online Games. So I was going yeah. through them, and like I, I, I had not had a few for a while. But the one I played the most, and I can't look it up, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss to pair. It is a, it is a Metal Gear knockoff, made by a, uh, you know, just a completely inept developer, and it's, <laughs> it kind of has a Mission Impossible name. It's called like Wait. Impossible Feet or something like that. <laughs> impossible mission the old commodore 64 no no this no, is a nintendo no. 64 game oh well there's oh. mission impossible from by ocean uh let me look are up. you talking about on the nintendo switch online yes. service yeah i know uh i know what that game is because i started playing it as well Did it's you? a cover based shooter yeah. and it has i'm looking it up but it has um it has like yeah it's like a co- did you call it a cover based shooter yeah Win- isn't it? it's called win back win back win yeah. okay i see yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what I've been. You do shoot and there is cover. Um, so I guess you can call it that. But it is it is hilarious and playable. Like you can play this game. It is. Yeah. But uh, it, it's uh, it's an absolutely one of those. Uh, I think are they called Kusoge? Like, you know, games. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yes, we have it. Went back. Here we go. Are <laughs> yeah. you kidding me? Look at this game. I know. It's stomping along. It's, I think it's... <laughs> look how you aim. You, you stop and then you aim upwards. <laughs> like Resident Evil. Um, it is hilarious. And I played it with my friend, Scott. Uh, 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 friend of the show, Scott Bromley. Oh, uh, Scott Bromley. We, we played it all night. It's it. I had so much fun. It, it it invented the the cover system, which this player is not using properly. But yeah, it it predates. It invented the cover system. Yeah, well, it it invented tea bagging part of it. Um, it's yeah, it's it's not great. We talked about it when when it was first added. But Sam, the the minor developer you're you're calling out is actually the, it's the team behind the muso the dynasty warriors series that's omega force this was omega force okay one of the games that they played around with obviously didn't didn't turn into a series but they yeah. they this is the team between hyrule warriors for nintendo but oh, they don't wow. i mean that game is just like is it is that logo on those games i thought that's just like koei internal now you know no that's uh it, it was omega force omega force well omega, omega force, force. Omega Force Winback is like my favorite, my favorite thing I discovered. <laughs> That's so uh, funny. Then, we got a good I, review too. Hold on, let me make sure I didn't review it. Whoosh, wasn't me. Good. <laughs> what, what was the What's the number? Eight. It's a masterpiece. It's a ten. Okay, oh, we give it an and eight. Then, and then I was uh, I played the Kirby um, demo, oh, which I so which good. I thought was okay. And then oh, I um, loved it. And then to just further uh, prevent the uh, well to prolong the time, I, I don't have to play Elden Ring. I played a bunch of Ocarina of Time. Uh, it was great Excellent. tom what have you been playing and can we double fill the bingo card uh you something you can't talk about no i can t i can talk oh. about playing it yeah because oh. so i've been playing kirby i'm reviewing kirby <gasps> oh. awesome Ooh. so i have played more kirby than i am allowed to talk about but oh. i can talk about what we talked about in the preview which is up through the first boss um mm. which is a little bit more than the demo uh, which is really it's not that that big gorilla boss in the demo oh is the gorilla boss in the demo yeah, well, that's yes, the third level like, yeah, yeah in the preview is actually five levels i think so it's yeah, it's, yeah. the demo doesn't quite take up it, it's a There's little definitely bit more. more in the preview yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's um it's a yeah i i'm i am enamored with what i that section right like i'm, I'm enamored with that bit and so i'm gonna be careful about what i talk about seth i know you played it too and you said you liked it but oh, I liked it a whole lot. I was you can so freeze charmed. the gorilla's bottom. Yes, you can. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, that, I did. that bodes well for like taking in weird things to yep. different fights and then seeing the effects. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing that struck me, I guess, that I'm, I'm really happy about with this game in, in uh, that's apparent very early on, right, is that it is so structured like a 2d kirby game still like a classic 2d kirby game like when you get into that boss there's it gives you the option and it does this a couple times right it gives you the option of a couple powers which is like such a normal kirby thing of like you uh you it gives you like three choices in a room right before you go in to fight somebody is like it's really nice to see those things um still existing in this just new form i think that you know the the comparison to uh 
3D World, right, has been made of like what this did for 2D Mario, what 3D World, Super Mario 3D World did for 2D Mario. This is kind of that for Kirby. And like, maybe that's an overplayed comparison, but I do think it is probably a fair one, right? Mm. It is, it is not incorrect. <laughs> yeah. The- oh. So like just to weigh in, it's it's also what I've been playing. I played the demo. I don't have the the full game like like Tom, but um, I I'm I'm torn a little bit. For one, I really love. I think it's charming. I love that Nintendo is spending a little bit more money and resources on making Kirby games. Like it has like better rendered cutscenes and all of that. Right? Like it's a nice package, but it is it is Hal, and I don't. I hope. I'm not insulting anyone, but Hal is technically not the most proficient team. And you, you can see this as far back as the original Smash Brothers, and you compare that to EAD, the internal teams, or even like Nintendo Tokyo, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat looks better than this, right? Like technically, Jungle Beat? Yes. <laughs> like just look at the monkeys in that game compared to the monkeys in this one. Technically, it struggles. Well, that's because they, it's a game about monkeys. Of course, they're going to put all their resources <laughs> right. they in got the monkeys. Full, they got full-scale monkey rendering. But here's, here's the it's thing with Kirby. It's charming. I think it's a wonderful game for parents to play with younger kids. Um, and and not it's not disparaging. Like even on normal difficulty, this game, like in the demo, I found everything without even it's trying, right? Easy, like yeah. everything is super obvious. You don't die in all of that. But what's the hard mode called? This cracks me up. Wild mode. Yeah. Wild, wild mode. mode. It, that. Is, yeah. it is, it is <laughs> very simple. Game. But I think it's important for games like this to exist because like as a dad playing with younger kids back in the days, this this is wonderful. Like you can yeah. play as Waddle D and have, uh, you know, your, your kid play Kirby and have the full powers. And it's a really charming experience. Everything is fun. It's enjoyable, and the the mouthful stuff is really great. It's just so hilarious, and like the way it's all presented is great. But it's a very simple game. Obviously, it's not Breath of the Wild or or Mario Odyssey or anything, and it's not even Mario. It's very linear, very limited, and it's just it's it's not technically not great. Um, that's it. Ah, I'm, oh, tech- I see. I see. You mean it's not great technically, not technically. No, it's it's, it it doesn't run smoothly, and honestly, like. Again, like a a competent top of the line developer could pull these visuals off at sixty frames per second. It's very simplistic. It's got a fixed camera. You know, you have a little bit of movement, but it's like it's a game that a a better studio, technical studio, would do at sixty frames per second. You don't think they could just call look, EAD and be amazing. like, "Hey, can we borrow your your fur physics for your bees?" And they'd be like, "Sure. Yeah. Here's how to make it run at sixty. <laughs> Well, I think they put the fur physics in from from uh, Jungle Beat, but they didn't change anything else. Was so, it like Hal originally called in to do like programming? Like, didn't want to get his start? Like, yeah. because he was such a good programmer, he would just come over and help people. Hal is the comp- is the studio behind Kirby, right? So it's yeah. not, yeah. But it's but it's like Game Freak, right? Game Freak makes lovely Pokemon RPGs, but they're not going to be the team that dazzles you with visuals, and that's oh. okay. And like, how can make if they want to, they can make a difficult game, but they choose to make sure that Kirby sits alongside Mario as a more family friendly and younger player yeah. friendly game, just like Yoshi too. And I, I think that's totally fine. Yeah, more but, like Yoshi than Mario. So yeah. based so on he, like Odyssey recently, but there's plenty things, of easy Mario games. Here's yep. two things I'll say, which is one. It's interesting because you're not the first person I've heard to talk about performance issues mm-hmm. in the demo. And those were not performance issues that I saw at all with my version of the game. Okay. Oh, that's good. Um, 
So in in that preview section of the the version of the game that they gave us, I it has not run badly for me in any way, shape, or form. It's not running sixty frames per second, beautiful, incredible, whatever. But like, it's not trying to either. Like, yep, I yep. It, the the performance is not what I would call notable in any way. I guess yeah. is the way I would. <laughs> um, the other thing, just generally, is like I do think that aesthetically it is an interesting game and this is where i maybe expose something that might be a hot take which is uh it feels like it looked at um new donk city and when people liked that let's do let's put kirby in in this post-apocalyptic real world thing here's the deal if new donk city didn't have that song i don't think i would like new donk city at all like you know i, I did not right. i love it i did oh, not I like mario walking song. around with anthropomorphically correct people and like <laughs> normal cars i didn't think it was interesting in any way i thought they did it well it was fun all that but like spicy take i just didn't let like give me the mushroom kingdom don't give me new york like i just didn't care oh and, i see the setting yeah okay yeah, the but they did such a, but yeah. they tied it i thought they tied it so well into donkey kong that it made oh, sense so good. that's yeah. like sure, one, that's like one sure. of my favorite video game moments of like all time but yeah, no, I, agree Tom, Tom. I agree with I you the platforming was not great in the city and I'd, I'd prefer to be in like the weird redwoods level or right you know like and there's just a bunch of cool things that they went that were yeah. like more fantasy I, and i just thought the city was yeah. kind of like i, I, I have I think a similar complaint i have a similar complaint about kirby in that i think it looks very pretty but like kirby running around a rusty rooftop is so much less interesting to me than kirby (laughs) running around like any of the places kirby has been in previous games yeah so like that part of it i do agree with where i I, technically i think it is better than maybe the demo it lends it to but visually even though i find it pretty i i just don't really like the aesthetic choice to put him in this post-apocalyptic human world yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm honestly I'm not negative on it. It's like I've I played it. And I'm like, oh, this is really cute. This is really fun, and the transformations are what what keep me going. But it's like it, it is so confined that it might as well be a two D side scroller. And that's where I'm like, come on, man. Kirby is a circle for a reason. It was a really easy sprite to do, and it's even <laughs> it is a super simple shape to pull off. He's in so this. cute though. Look at he's, him. He's super cute, but it's like they they're not pushing a lot here. Pop in Ori and the Blind Forest, you know, what the team has pulled off with. I, I mean, the grass moves and it's like beautiful. Obviously, it's a, a 2D fixed perspective, but it's like so much more could be done with these games. And I, I don't. You know. That's fair. Like, that's yeah. fair. Wow. It's, it's like it's perfectly fine. It's fun. It's charming. I'm going to play it. I'll enjoy it. But it's not going to be like a nine for me. Well, you know, obviously, you I'm, know, you can't say that. Yeah. We'll, we'll obviously we'll be talking about this more as the when the review finally comes out. Uh, Kirby comes out March 25th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we have time for one question block question, which is funny because they were clowning on on it on Facebook, like 40 questions and they're only going to answer one. But uh, Neil Trachey asks and this. He, Neil was trying to, to troll us. How come there aren't any games about salad bars? Well, Neil, guess what? <laughs> Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom was a video game released for the Nintendo An in-depth adventure game. <laughs> and it is really good. And my brother rented it one time because he wanted to be a jerk and ruin our one chance to have fun for the weekend. And it turns out that game was super fun and super charming. And we played it all the way through. The battle system is rock, paper, scissors. And I'm almost certain it's impossible. There it is on the screen. I'm almost certain it's impossible to lose 
because we never lost a single battle. Well, it's impossible to get lost, though. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's possible to get lost. I mean, like oh. that game doesn't tell you what to do. We it's great it and beat it, and it's a it's a it's so there you go. That's the set the the salad bar game. Princess so Tomato. You beat, it? Been, you beat Princess Tomato. Yeah, we. I was like, well, if my brother's gonna rent this game, I'm gonna play it, and it turned out I I really enjoyed it. So I nice. sat so there. So he trolled you, but you showed him. So yeah, Seth, I wish you would have told me. I would have. I have it upstairs. I think I have a box. Ah, uh, forty forty questions, and you picked the one about the salad bar. <laughs> yeah, it's an important one. You got to clear yeah, this. I up. mean, I'm pro Prince Princess Tomato. I didn't even know this was coming. Yeah, it's it's a great game. But that's all the time that we have for this week's <laughs> NVC. Follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions to the Facebook group, and we will answer one of them. <laughs> I want to thank Sam and Tom for being here, as well as Red thanks on the ones and the twos. Most of all, thanks to you for hanging out with us. And remember, NVC is the only place where you can get the thing. Ah. Get the pants. Get the pants. That's ah. Right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>